Yay. So hello, Holly. Welcome to the show. Um, hi, Sue. Hi. It's so <laughs> nice for having me. <laughs> oh, it's my pleasure. Definitely. Definitely. So why don't you tell me you're Holly Duckworth and you <laughs> are from Aware Care Durango in Durango, Colorado, you said, mm -hmm. correct? Yeah. And you have a really cool background. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your work? Sure. Sure. I practice what's called quantum healing hypnosis technique. Mm -hmm. And that is Dolores Cannon's form of hypnosis um, specific for healing. So QHHT is kind of a really unusual form of hypnosis where we connect with the higher self in a very deep state of trance to get the client's questions answered or physical or emotional healing done. And that's what I do most days of the week. And uh, my background, I have been practicing this for about almost in February, it'll be 10 years, hard wow. to believe. <laughs> um, I have a PhD in psychology. Um, but I started life in the corporate world, my undergraduate degrees in mechanical engineering. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so, one of those left brain types that kind of stumbled a little further and further and further into the metaphysical um, from, from a very, very analytical past. So I kind of straddle both worlds now, have the ability to straddle both worlds now. Yeah. I love that though. And, and I think though that our work and especially psychology requires a lot of analytical skill and a lot of, you know, connecting the dots as well. I think so. I think so. But that's also though the beauty of QHHT is it actually makes my job a lot easier because um, I back off when my clients in, in hypnosis, I don't have to do any analysis. All I have to do is it be a a rabidly curious questioner of the higher self. Ooh, now that sounds interesting. Do you record the sessions for mm -hmm. people so that they can, you know, kind of, um, yeah, re-immerse themselves in that? Absolutely, experience? absolutely. Yeah, so a QHHT session, you only ever have one, but oh. that one session is five to seven hours. Oh my so God. Spend, yeah, I spend the whole day with one client. And then the client comes in with all the questions they want to cover with higher self. So these are questions about, like I said, physical health, emotional health, but also questions about relationships, life decisions, past, present, future, any question. And then we spend a couple of hours making sure that I understand not only the questions, but the context around the questions. Because we get, when we get into the hypnosis, I'm having a conversation with the higher self, right? An organic conversation. And just like any conversation, we don't know where it's going to go before it goes. <laughs> it could go right. anywhere, right? And I've got to be ready for that. <laughs> so we spend a few hours getting me ready. And then we go into the hypnosis. And that is two to three hours alone. Wow. So the clients are in a very, very deep state of trance where I'm having a direct conversation. So their conscious mind is out of the way and I'm having a direct organic conversation with their higher self, getting all of their questions answered. And yeah, all of that's audio recorded. Then I'll bring them out, debrief a little, if at all. And then 
you're exactly right, Sue. The most important part of it, this, in fact, I think the point of all of this is for the client to then go listen to that recording over and over and over and over again um, to begin to integrate that information. I mean, it's massive amounts of profound information on that recording. Oh, I can imagine. So, yeah. and that's such a long time frame, but I can, I can see why you would need that long because I feel like sometimes if you're just doing an hour here and an hour there, you're really only kind of scratching the surface of what's absolutely. available to a person. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've studied clinical hypnosis as a part of my um, psychology education. And if you think about it, a typical clinical hypnosis session, uh, an appointment would be an hour. Right. And so then you've got yeah, maybe 10 minutes of you know, inter interaction with the psychologist at the front. And then you've got another 10 minutes of paperwork or debrief or whatever at the end. And an hour session, at, at best, you're in hypnosis for maybe 30 or 40 minutes. Right. I'm not even warmed up in 30 minutes. <laughs> We're not even relaxed in 30 minutes in QHHT. So we have this ridiculous luxury of time in QHHT. Yeah to go really, really deep. But I love that though. I mean, you know, um, on the one hand, I love doing hotline, you know, quick, you know, like wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. It's all done kind of thing. But when I feel like we get that truly profound, you know, more of an exploration is in those longer sessions where there yeah. is not such a, a time constraint and a, you know, sometimes it, with this work, financial constraint as well. Yeah. And, and it's one and done. So let's spend the time, you know, we I've had over the years of doing this almost 10 years, I've only ever had three clients come back for a second session. Oh, wow. It's, it is extremely rare. And so the belief is, is that the higher self knows what you're going to need five years in the future, 10 years in the future. That's, that's pre-programmed in that recording for you already. You know, I have, I have a recording of myself in hypnosis from nine years ago. I'm still working with it. I've oh, listened wow. to this thing hundreds of times, but what happens, I think, is that circumstances change. Some things have a whole new meaning. Mm -hmm. I continue to grow. Things continue to have a deeper meaning. So it's really about working with the information on that recording for literally years after the session. That's how profound <laughs> the information is. Well, it sounds like it. And so you do a lot of, um, Vorbereiten, which I know is German and I know you probably <laughs> understand it. So preparation for, each session then no none oh none zero oh. I don't know my clients beforehand I've never met them before I've never interacted with them before other than them scheduling their appointment we do everything in that session and I don't contact them after we aren't allowed to contact them after oh, um the, mm -hmm. sorry yeah the the point is Del Dolores believed that um if if the practitioner were following up with the client after the session, then that meant that our ego was attached to the outcome. And that's not what we want. The client has free will. For example, um, a lot of what 
um, a lot of what I'll be working with in QHHT is physical healing. Mm -hmm. So things like cancer, autoimmune diseases, all sorts of, of, of physical healing. And in, in this office on Wednesday, we could have complete healing of cancer and the higher self confirm that. And the client has the free will on Friday morning to pick, to pick his cancer back up and continue with that experience. I can't have my ego intertwined with that, right? His, his free will. I love that. That's so important, you know, and especially when we're working with empowering people at that soul level to choose their own outcomes. And yeah, as a reader myself too, it is that I have to let it go, you know, and, and it's almost to the point where some people will come back to me and they'll be like, Hey, the last time I talked to you about this and that, and the other thing, and I'm just like, I, I don't allow myself to hold on to that because exactly. I can't allow myself to hold on to that. Exactly. So, yeah. Can I give you an example? Sure. I Maybe you that. had something like this too. I had a, I had an older gentleman, um, probably, I think he was in his early seventies and he had throat cancer. It was actually, he had had all the chemo and everything, and then it had come back. Mm -hmm. And as we usually know, when it comes back, it really comes back. And of course, the first time he had gone through all the Western medicine stuff, you know, with the chemo and radiation and all of that. And, uh, and, and here he was with the recurrence. And what we find in most physical manifestations, it's a message. It's the higher self is trying to get through, through messaging through our bodies for some sort of change. And the higher self was really quite clear with him that um, he wasn't speaking his truth with his wife, with his spouse. And this has gone on, this had gone on for 50 years, right, of him wanting to say things, wanting, she was kind of a bit of a bully, a bit of a, you know, a bit of, of a dominating personality. And the point of the entire throat cancer experience was for him to learn to speak his truth to her, to stand up to her. But this behavior had gone on for 50 years and it was very clear from the higher self in his QHHT session, what the cancer was about, completely unraveled, you know, they healed it in that session, but mm-hmm. he would have to change the dynamics of his relationship with his spouse. That's up to him. You know, the higher self can do what it does. It can, it can affect the healing instantaneously. But if he continues to squelch his voice with his spouse, the cancer is not going to stay away you know? So it's kind of this, this like symbiosis between um, what's coming from the higher self and what we choose to do with our free will in our human life. Right, right. And that's, I mean, basically, you're hitting on such a profound place in our work and in the healing work and in psychology and in self help and in personal strength and everything is just really those daily decisions that we make that have such a big effect on the way that our life turns out, even to the point of cancer or, you know, um, 
digestive issues, for example, if you're living with something that you can't yeah. digest, you know, right. headaches or, right. you know, um, you know, gut health is a big thing right now for a lot of people. And, and, you know, it's amazing how much subconscious thoughts and the way we live our lives dictate mm-hmm. what manifests on a physical level right. for us. Yes, yes, yeah. and that's the point. And also, I mean, going back to this gentleman, I mean, from a higher self perspective, it seems really harsh, but from a human perspective, but it's like the higher self is like, meh, you know, if he dies, he dies, meh, you know. <laughs> well, and that's, but I think though, too, like Western civilization has such a negative view of, I was just talking with somebody about this today, like, we're not taught about like acceptance of death mm-hmm. and you know kind of and but I can see where you're trying to postpone death and prolong mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. person's life and also enhance their time here on earth yeah. by getting them in touch with their higher self and their higher self is just like you said it's just totally like gotta do what I gotta do <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, because we, we explore life purpose and life lesson as a part of the process. And, and, and that was his life lesson, you know, was to come in and stand up for himself, you know, with his voice. He chose, you know, he chose this particular partner before he came in, you know, to, to have this experience to practice, you know, and on the spirit side, you know, his soul was going, oh, yeah, yeah, I want to go have that human experience. And this time, I want to learn how to really stand up for myself with my voice. If you aren't fulfilling the purpose and the lesson, the point of the incarnation, from the higher self perspective, it's kind of like, eh, well, let's be done with this. And yeah, you can try it again if you want or not, you know, it's up to you. But I mean, it's so important that we recognize that on this plane that there's a lot going on in the background that our soul has chosen for us and this is something you know and we should probably talk about you know psychology as this basis for your interactions with your clients and everything like that but um I was you said that you had listened to the session with Rocco and just you know kind of helping a person to make the proper decisions based on their own free will, but also with this higher self. And I don't Mm -hmm. know this, but it just seems like it's important to get out into the community right now as well. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I actually teach a course called higher self integration, ah. which is where we're I'm teaching people because so modern society has us put so much emphasis on the ego self, right? And and it's the ego self is a beautiful, beautiful part of us. I mean, I, I hate it when people say ego death or whatever. No, you just, you chose to incarnate as a human being, which meant that you chose to have this ego experience and the ego is has a really important job. And that is to keep our body, our human body, our animal body alive, right? And to make sure we're clothed and housed and fed and, and alive. And when you think about it, then 
the language of ego self then is fear because it's always on the lookout, right? Of any, any sort of risks or danger. And the higher self, like we were just talking about this gentleman, I mean, they're kind of like, meh, you know, eh, you live, you die. Meh, I'm <laughs> eternal. It's, it's a blip. It's a blip on the face of eternity. And, and so when we can marry those two perspectives of ourself, um, in every moment of every day, that's kind of cool. And we don't have to rely only on that ego self to make our decisions, to unravel and understand things that are going on around us. We can actually, on a day-to-day basis, have, um, have a higher self perspective on the, even the mundane things that we do. Yeah. Well, and that's what allows for the spaciousness in life. I think when you, when you have that integration, because then you don't worry so much about every tiny little action, reaction, consequence, you know, yeah. that you understand that everything that you're doing is, is the right thing for your soul at yeah. that time. Yeah. Or you do like the gentleman we were just talking about, you know, um, you know, his wife asking him, or not asking him, do you want cream in your coffee, but him wanting cream in his coffee and not standing up for himself, right? Once we've, once we've got that integration, things that we, things that we think were unimportant can become important. Like the example of this gentleman standing up, you know, standing up for himself with his voice. No, I want, oh, sorry. (laughs) No, I want cream in my coffee, right? And, uh, or, or if it is unimportant, understanding the unimportance, but some of the things that we think are unimportant are actually important from a bigger picture purpose and, um, and lesson life purpose and life lesson. I'm glad you made that distinction, or I'm glad you rolled it back and talked about that because yeah, those little things are you know, kind of personal preferences and how we just kind of, you know, and we're not fully embracing our true authentic desires. And and I've got a train going on in the background. Sorry about that. Oh, don't worry about it. (laughs) But um, hang on a second, because I'm trying to formulate a thought here. And it's just really like, getting more in alignment with your desires and also with an overarching perspective of how everything is kind of flowing in your life. Right, right. And, and specific to your purpose and your lessons in this incarnation, you know, which kind of might bring us to my book, which is, which is finding purpose surprising wisdom from the higher self. And what I came to understand there is, Sue, I, first few years into my QHHT practice, um, I was kind of dumbfounded with how the questions that people came in with were very similar person to person. And I'm like, wow, okay, everybody's asking the same questions. That's interesting. And then what became even more dumbfounding was when the answers were the same (laughs) and these these people didn't know each other. Right. Um, And so what I started to do is I started to kind of take notes and compile these answers. 
And, and that was, that was the, the generation of the book. So it's a compilation of over 400 QHHT sessions and the answers to what is my life purpose? What is my life lesson? And how do I commune with a higher self? And over, over 400, I think it's 438 sessions. There were only four themes to life purpose. There were only three themes to life lesson. Um, and so there's really, really, really consistent and concise reasons why we come into a human incarnation. And so knowing your life, knowing your life purpose is important to then discerning what we're talking about of what's important to you and what's important, what's not important to you. For this gentleman, with the throat cancer, it was very important for him to learn to use his voice. Well, I've already got the gift of gab. That's not my life purpose. <laughs> I have a different one. And so me paying careful attention to, you know, using my voice, that's not important for me in this incarnation. For him, it's critical. So having that, 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 that connection, that understanding of the purpose of this incarnation for us individually becomes really important to what we pay attention to and then what we don't pay attention to. Right. Okay. And that's not a small, you know, sampling. That's, no. you know, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's kind of, you know, it's not like 20 people or something like that. Or yeah. It was a couple of, couple of years, almost three years worth of work. Oh, wow. <laughs> research. Yeah. Wow. yeah. And would somebody come and stay in Colorado and book out like a weekend where they would come and see you or are a lot of your clients local? No, most of my clients come in from somewhere else. Okay. Um, I'm what's called a level three QHHT practitioner, which is the highest level. And a level three is certified to be practicing exactly as Dolores Cannon practiced. Oh, wow. And there's only 30 of us in the world. <laughs> so, um, so people come in. Yeah, they want to, they want to have an experience with a level three practitioner. So, so they're coming in from all over. Uh, I'm in Colorado, so I have a lot of clients from Utah and Arizona and New Mexico and Kansas and all of the states around. And then there's in the U.S., there's other practitioners in California and Florida and um, uh, Massachusetts. And so, so there's a few of us around. And then there's also level three practitioners in Hong Kong and Australia and Spain and um, England, um, and so really all over the world. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And how did you get into this? Like what attracted you to QHHT to begin with and to allow yourself to get to that level? Yeah. So I, um, I finished my PhD in psychology in 2010. Okay. And it was one of these things that I know you'll understand this suit, like I was compelled to do that. And I was in a situation where I could and, um, but I didn't know why <laughs> it was just this intuition that I, I just knew I had to do it, but I didn't know why. So I graduate, I'm doing a little bit of, um, Jungian analysis was what I was really into and sub some, uh, talk therapy, psychotherapy. And in 20, in December of 2012, my 
at that time, 20 year old son um, went to jail. He got arrested for a, uh, driving uh, while drunk. And it was a situation where he was gonna be in jail for 21 days. And I couldn't visit him. I couldn't, um, I couldn't do any sort of video chatting. I could only have really rare phone calls with him for the 21 days. And he found one of Dolores Cannon's books in jail. And in one of our phone calls, he's like, hey, mom, I found this book. I think you'd love it. And it was Dolores Cannon Convoluted Universe book four. And I'm like, okay, I'd never heard of her. I didn't know who she was, but I just, you know, like Amazon, click, click. So I'd have (laughs) the book. The next time we had a conversation, we'd have something to talk about. And I get that book and I'm reading it. And Sue, it's like, oh my gosh, everything I've ever believed. And here it is in print, you know, things like, um, you know, God is a source energy, you know, not some dude in sandals on a cloud, right? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, All sorts of concepts of time and quantum uh, theories and uh, energy beings and other planet people and all kinds of things. And so my son gets out of jail and I said, let's go see her. She would do these weekend seminars at the time, like a three-day weekend thing. And she would put 200 people in a ballroom into hypnosis simultaneously, okay? It was one of those things, right? So I was such a fan. By the time my son got out of jail, I had read five books. I was just devouring them. And, but I'm thinking, cause I'm an, in, you know, my background's in engineering, right? And I'm thinking, well, I think this hypnosis stuff works on those people, but it's not gonna work on me, right? I'm a total skeptic, right? But I had so much um, respect for her research that she had done through her hypnosis. You know, she wrote books on Jesus and the Essenes. She wrote books on the seeding of life on earth. She wrote books. Um, she had a connection with Nostradamus um, through hypnosis across time. She wrote three volumes of books on her interactions with Nostradamus. So she had she just had covered all of this material from a research standpoint. And I was just really fascinated with it. So I wanted to be with her. So we go into this weekend seminar, and of course, the first first time into hypnosis, it works beautifully. I'm having this profound experience and, you know, just this, this is just ridiculous, ridiculous hypnosis experience in the ballroom with a hundred other people. (laughs) And like, I'm gonna, you know, I'm, and I'm just overwhelmed, right. That this worked on me, uh, left brain me. And, um, And like, I'm going to run up to the stage and tell Dolores Cannon, did you know this works? This really works. She's, (laughs) she's been doing it for 40 years by then. But anyway, that was in, that was in January of 2013. I was in training in February of 2013. I'm like, I'm done. This is it. I know exactly what I'm doing for the rest of my life. This is it. It, it. It was so powerful. So profound. I'm like, there's no reason to do any other form of healing. This is just way too powerful to, you know, waste your time on anything else. Oh, that's, that's interesting because uh, like, do you work with energy healing on any level? Like, are, have you done Reiki or 
but you just felt like this was what? So okay. So, so here's, here's a, here's a thought process. So Reiki, um, so with Reiki, we're, you know, it's one human to another human using energy to help one human help another human. This is the higher self helping the human. Okay. So why would you have a human help a human when you could have an eternal being help a human? Do you follow me? Yeah, yeah and no, because <laughs> like when you're when you're working with Reiki, it's supposed to be, you know, kind of higher consciousness. It's supposed to be like universal life force energy. So it's just probably, but like number one, did you see that flash when we first Yes, I did. Really I did. Yeah. Um, but no, I think that's like when you think about going into a person and having them work directly with their own higher self, I can see how that would, because they're working, it's just like working with their, in their own micro biosphere. Yeah. Uh, I had, I had a client, maybe this helps also explain it. So I had a client just last week. And so part of Dolores's technique is we do use, I use the term other life, not past life, Okay. but yeah. we do use an other life experience to, to deepen the trance, to set the trance state as we go into um, uh, the direct conversation with the higher self. And this client came in and in her list of questions, she had gone to this um, psychic practitioner who focused on reading other people's Akashic records or past life experiences. And she had this long list of past life experiences that this other woman had told her about you know, experiences in ancient Egypt and I don't know, all sorts of places. And so she wanted to go through part of what she wanted me to do in her hypnosis was to validate with the higher self, was this accurate? Was this accurate? Was this accurate? You know, or what did she need to know about that other life? You know, was there anything carried forward from that life into this life? You know, and just explore all those other lives that this other person had told her about, this psychic person had told her about. None of them were true. None of them, zero. There's a list of about seven other lives that this other practitioner had told her that she had experienced. She didn't. Now, so of course we unravel this with the higher self. Well, what was up with that? Well, they were stories that she did need to, need to connect with. You know, there was a purpose for her hearing that story. But we also found out from the higher self that there was a whole lot of bias going on with that mm -hmm. psychic practitioner and she was seeing things that weren't necessarily related to that particular client, but, but that practitioner didn't have the um, uh, discernment, I guess, yeah. to understand that. And so it's just an example of how when someone else is telling you something about you, well, it has to go through that person's bias, even if it's energetic. And in QHHT, it's you telling you, I'm not telling you anything. I'm just asking the questions. Right. And you're telling you through you, the big you is telling you through you the truth. It doesn't go through anyone else's filters. Yes. Thank you. Because <laughs> that's one of the things, you know, um, 
that is really, really important and really, really coming into my field lately is how much, you know, our filters or the filter of the reader yes. sometimes affects the reading. Absolutely. And so giving the person the power to either read cards or connect with their higher self yes. or, you know, run their own energy for themselves yes. is yes. super powerful and super yes. empowering because yeah, like you said, uh, people come with their own stories. People come with, um, you know, even people who are well-meaning. Absolutely. Absolutely. This woman wasn't pretending to be psychic when she wasn't, you know, she wasn't, nothing was malicious. She, the higher self just said that she was still learning her own discernment of what was, what was accurate and what wasn't. Yeah. Right. Right. And then pulling that, you know, like as somebody who, who receives a lot of, downloads and Mm -hmm. communication and stuff like that. So, you know, sometimes you have to ask your client, like, I I keep hearing this name over and over again, is this for you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Because it just keeps coming up and keeps coming up. And, you know, I had something like that happen recently where it was just like, Betty, and I'm just like, okay, Betty, I'm doing a reading now. I'm just like, (laughs) Betty. And then I said, do you know a Betty? And my client was like, yeah, that's actually the neighbor with Alzheimer's who I check in on. And within five minutes, Betty's texting her, you know, yeah. but uh-huh. Betty uh-huh. is in her uh-huh. field, uh-huh. but sometimes you don't, you don't know, does that right. belong to me or does right. that belong to that person? Right. You know, and that right. wasn't an Airbnb and a different, you know, so you don't know <laughs> to the house, to me, to the client, what's going on with that. Yeah. So, and one thing I wanted to go back on is getting a psychology degree, a prerequisite for learning this kind of. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. In fact, Dolores would say that people that were trained in clinical psychology, they had to unlearn what they were trained in, in order to learn her technique. And it's true. In clinical psychology, the psychologist is implanting subliminal messages through the hypnosis in the altered state of consciousness. In QHHT, it's the opposite. The person in the altered state of consciousness is the one talking, not me. I'm just asking the questions, right? So it's, it's literally the reverse of clinical psychology. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool then. (laughs) But I do see like, um, it just depends on your client and and what their state of health is when they come to you as well, because some people have a lot more issues and triggers that they have to, you know, kind of open themselves up to you in a trusting way. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. In that deep state of trance, the client's in a very vulnerable state. And so, so I have to be trustworthy with their conscious mind, but I also have to be trustworthy with the higher self. So I have to do my internal work to make sure that there's trust, um, not only with me and the, and the ego mind of the client, the conscious mind of the client, but also then the higher self, that the higher self is working with me. Yeah. And that's, you know, a natural BS detector, it seems like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they flat out won't work with you if you're not, you know, wow. if your intentions aren't where they need to be. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So absolutely. that 
that implies then that you have to not only talk the talk, but you have to walk the walk. Yes. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's a big part of the training process. A big part of the training process to, to get to the level three is releasing our own ego of getting our own ego out of the picture and just being holding space and being that facilitator and that vessel for the client. We aren't healers. Absolutely not. And not in any way, shape or form. We only facilitate the hypnosis. The higher self is the healer in the QHHC process. Yeah. And do clients remember their sessions? Do they have any kind of, do they come out of the hypnosis with? That's a, yeah, that's a great question. So what I've found over the years is that different people experience hypnosis differently. And on one far extreme, some people, for them, they just naturally experience hypnosis in a way that their conscious mind is completely unaware. Okay. For, the, for these people, I'll wake them up and their first question when they wake up is, oh, did it work? <laughs> <laughs> they, they were gone, right? Oh, wow. And then my next client, the next day, will have the exact same deep state of hypnosis and their conscious mind will have been completely aware. They'll remember everything that the higher self said, that I said. And so I've even had a few clients over the years who um, it was almost like their conscious mind was hyper aware or super aware because they could tell me when they woke up, they could tell me about noises two blocks down the street that it was not possible for us to hear. Like oh, wow. their conscious mind was bigger than the room. And I've had all these theories over the years about how to predict who is where, right? And, and so like, you know, oh, well, practiced meditators will be like this, or, you know, left brain men will be like that or whatever. And it's like, nope. <laughs> ah, so you couldn't form a hypothesis and then prove it at the end. I've tried and I'm wrong every time. Okay. So oh, wow. when I figure it out, I'll be the queen of hypnosis. But until then, I can't tell someone where they're going to be on that giant spectrum. Now, what I have found, though, interestingly enough, because I'll ask people well, if he had hypnosis before. And if they have, I'll tell I'll have them tell me about their experience. And even though there's this big difference person to person to person on conscious awareness, it does seem to be really consistent within a person. So oh. it's like everybody kind of has their normal of, of how consciously aware they are during hypnosis. Yeah. No, I'm all like, that brings up a bunch of different questions <laughs> because then you wonder, you know, like, is their soul more involved at, you know, when they're more super aware, like you said, or yeah. I've had those theories too. Nope. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now that's, now, do they get into like states where they can do remote viewing, for example? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. A lot of people ask about, like I said, you can have questions about past, present or future. Okay. Now, what I found is the higher self is very cagey about the future, right? I mean, they're usually because, you know, we've gone into conversations about how, well, I can't really tell you about that because it depends on this person's decision and that person's decision, you know, which timeline, um, you know, because there's so many factors when we go look at the future, but absolutely um, other places in the present, they can certainly go visit 
and and then of course all all manner of past experiences they can visit yeah yeah revisit I'm glad though that you bring up the the different timelines and the outcomes that are hanging on other people's free will as well, because I feel like sometimes um, fortune telling, we'll we'll just say that as a, you know, a broad generalization kind of pigeonholes people into one belief outcome or outcome belief. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I want to share, can I share a story of that, course, yeah. about time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I share it in my book. Um, but um, so, and it just drives me nuts when you hear someone that says, oh, this is going to happen on March 28th, you know, uh, you know, or this is going to happen on September 17th or whatever. And it's like, eh, oh, sweetie, I don't think you understand the concept of time. <laughs> So I had this client come in and this was her question. So she had had this experience, ironically, exactly a year to the day of her QHHT session. And so this was the experience. So a year prior, her and her daughter had been at Legoland at the amusement park. And she got a phone call in the middle of the park. She answered it. And there was this other woman that said, hey, um, our girls played together at church last Sunday. You gave me your phone number to set up a play date for our daughters. Um, I'm just calling you to let's let's get together. And my client's like, I don't know who you are. You've got me confused with someone else. I haven't been to that church in like six years. Um, I think you've got me confused with someone else. And the other woman's like, no, I'm calling you on your phone. You gave me your phone number. And these women get into an argument right there, right? One woman thinking this other woman, my client's trying to get out of a play date. And my client convinced that this woman is, has her confused with someone else. And so finally, my client turns the phone around, takes a selfie of her and her daughter there in the middle of Legoland, and, uh, and texts it to, this, to the woman and says, look, you've got me confused with someone else. This is me and my daughter. And the other woman says, no, that's you. And your older daughter looks a lot like your younger daughter. And my client says, I only have one daughter. And so she comes into her session. She's like, what? I just want to find out from the higher self. What was up with that? What was, what was that? It was just this weird interaction, this argument that she had with no explanation, right? And so the higher self told her that six years prior that they had had that interaction when her daughter was much younger and the girls did play together, but the mother energetically for reasons of protecting the daughter moved her and her daughter six years into the future. So literally what was three days to one woman was six years to the other woman. Now it wasn't like my client didn't have six missing years. It's just that her arc of time was different than the other woman's arc of time. And the higher self said, ideally the other woman would have lost the phone number and never made the connection and everything would have been copacetic. But, um, but no, that's not what happened. And so literally what was six years to one woman was three days to another. 
So I use this example when people and fortune tellers are trying to predict something for some, you know, mass swath of, of humanity. And it's like, you can't say that that's going to happen on September 17th, because my September 17th isn't your September 17th. Right. Follow me. Yeah, and I've been seeing a lot, not to bring TikTok into the thing, but I've been seeing a lot about that on TikTok or, you know, like a lot of people who are, are might not understand what timelines are might understand like the Mandela effect too, yeah. or might have heard of it where, yeah. you know, things just shift and you go exactly. back and you're yeah, like, exactly. yeah, what, what happened here? But for it to yeah. be such a pronounced thing and yeah and then you get into like each individual consciousness and are we exactly. all person reliving life exactly. over and over again in different exactly and yeah different things like that and so yeah. and but when you're working with the higher self do you feel like there is a conglomerate higher self or do you feel like absolutely absolutely okay. yeah mm-hmm. and that's why i i actually the way i put this is i I hate the term past life, my past life, Mm -hmm. okay, because number one, there's no such thing as time, everything, all incarnations are now, so how Mm -hmm. can it be past, it's not past, it's happening now, and in QHHT, we heal across time, there's lots of cases where a physical issue in this life is actually a crossover energetic situation from another life, Right. And we can heal that situation because the other life isn't past. It's, it's happening now. Right. Right. So that's why I say other life, not past life, but then my past life, we're all one. We're all one. So how can I say my past life, my incarnation has access to everything in the Akashic records. Right. And so energetically, I'm connected to every other life that's all happening in the now. So this concept of my past life, it's like, yeah, that's kind of not how this works. Right. But that requires like either an implosion or an explosion (laughs) of, you know, acceptance and (laughs) thought processes and really the frame of who you are in whatever you know space you're at because that and it's and it's it's also too what I like to say Sue is people get hung up on this and it is it is fun when you start really exploring that I mean Dolores used the term mind candy right and it is mind candy to go there but I also tell people don't get so hung up on it look you chose to incarnate as a human being on three-dimensional earth that meant you were going to have the experience of separation and time. Enjoy it. Yeah. Like live your separation, live your time. You know, you're going to be back in an eternal state, in a formless state soon enough, right? Where you know that nothing's actually separate and there's really no such thing as time. But while you're wearing this monkey suit, you know, be in the monkey suit. Enjoy the time and enjoy the separation. Yeah. I like that. I like that too. And I like the fact that, you know, it it opens up a lot of people's experiences where they have been, you know, they really connect 
for example, with ISIS or with Cleopatra mm-hmm. or with, you know, a ruler, a great ruler in a former time. And mm-hmm. other people are like, nah, you're, you're the wrong this, you're the wrong that, you're the wrong <laughs> other thing to, to be able to connect with this. But then when you, when you implode or explode that, you know, and you say, okay, we're all one. Right. Every time, right. you know, it's- then it opens up a lot of possibility, but absolutely. You can connect with that ISIS energy like anybody else can simultaneously. And the converse is true too. Now, sometimes what we see in QHHT is what we call simultaneous lives where the soul is incarnate in another life on earth in the same timeline. Right. And so a Supposedly, I've been told by the higher self that I have a simultaneous life going on right now that is um, a person, an African person in Africa that is working at this elephant um, rehabilitation center. I have no connection to elephants or Africa. I don't have any affinity for that. And yet it's allegedly energetically one of my closest other incarnations. But it's like, meh. I've no, I've never been to Africa. I have no desire to go to Africa. I've no, you know, oh sure, baby elephants are cute, but I don't have any extraordinary <laughs> connection to elephants, you know. So, so it goes both ways, right? right? Where we can have other incarnations that are, you know, close in terms of the timeline, and not have any affinity to it, and yet we can have an affinity for, you know, ISIS energy. And yet that wasn't necessarily my past life, right? Right, right. Yeah. Well, yeah. like after we get off this conversation, I'm going to have to watch it a few times too, to, you know, because it is shifting the understanding of a whole lot of things for a whole yeah. lot of people. And I think that we're in a space in time now where that shift kind of needs to occur because we see kind of this wow going on around us and Uh all the things like I live in Europe and and recently they discovered these little carvings I don't know if you saw them on the news there it says when you see this carving in the rock start crying because Hmm. things are getting it just means that you know the water is going away and everything like that oh uh You know, and for me, part of it was like, huh, we've actually been here before. That's Uh, interesting uh to me, uh you know, Uh and then part of it is just like, ah, we're here now. What does that mean for Uh the future? And then Uh when you think about it from terms of a higher self thing, it's just like, it is what it is. What you're going to, what's your next step? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and really is your soul having the human experience that's for the highest intention of your soul. Right. right. That's the whole point. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's important to, especially like, you know, going back to working on the hotlines and everything like that. Like, I think that a lot of people sell the twin flame and soulmate things in this really compartmentalized, like very, um, confining way 
And it's just like, well, your soul is going to get the experience from this person that your soul needs. And it may not lead to you walking into happy ever after for an eternity. It could be you guys button heads for an eternity. And so are you going to actually get a love spell done to tie this person's soul to yours just a little bit, you know, tether it just a little bit more? Um, But I ran a little bit amok with that. Going back. (laughs) Okay. Sorry. Yeah, well, no, I mean, and, and we do find that, you know, a lot of people in QHHT sessions will ask about certain relationships, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, here's a really, really challenging one. Um, a woman that came in, a client that um, uh, she was, she was in her 60s, and her father had, she had been um, abused her entire childhood by her father. And so one of, and of course her father was long since long past and she wanted to better understand what was the point or purpose to that, right. To that experience, that very challenging experience to her in this, in this life. And we find out that her, her, her life lesson is forgiveness in this incarnation. That's what she's here to learn. And her father was actually like an elder of her soul family. And he agreed to come in with her in this incarnation and be this horrible person, to be this villain, because she wanted to learn forgiveness. And so often we find this where these um, soul family members will come in to play these roles. And some of them, yeah, not pleasant at all. And yet... um, you know, you asked for it. It was important to have that really challenging experience in this incarnation. Right. Right. And just to like remind the audience, we're not saying you asked for it, you know, right, 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 right. right. At a soul level, you wanted to learn forgiveness. Well, if at a soul level, you want to learn forgiveness, there has to be a villain to forgive. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's I not- really, I really, really, really think that we think it's going to be a lot easier on the other side of the veil <laughs> before we come in. It's like, really? Why would you, why would you think you would want to do that? But anyway. <laughs> right. But the, from that, from it's, a, it's just a, looking at each life from a different perspective or each yeah each soul's journey from a different perspective. But I'm trying to tell myself, like, Holly, remember, remember when you're back on the other side of the veil, it's not that easy. (laughs) Right. Now, that, that, do you go over when you're working with other people? I am dead set on the questions and the conversation and getting out of the questions and the conversation what the client wants. So my analytic mind is on high hyperdrive okay. during, during a QHHT session. Yeah. Okay. So you're not there to hold hands Mm-mm. and, and bring a person through the experience. You're there to be the almost like clinical sterile um, vessel. Perhaps. Yeah. I don't know. If vessel well, just really having, having a really deep seated curiosity you know, I mean, like, like the example we were just using where the, the woman's father was the uh, villain for her to learn forgiveness. I mean, all kinds of questions like that, you know, 
Well, did she know him before this incarnation? Will she know him after this incarnation? What was the purpose of their relationship in this incarnation? Where is he now? What would he have to say to her now? Um, has she learned forgiveness? Has she learned what she needed from the experience? What else she, can she learn from the experience? You know, on and on and on. That's my job is that just that incessant questioning to uh -huh. get the information out of the higher self for the client. Okay, so you might start out with the question of this relationship and, and mm -hmm. exploring it. And then you are tasked yeah. with bringing up these 25, 30, 100 exactly. extra questions so that the person can really connect with the true answer Absolutely. from themselves instead of just like, okay, check. We, we checked that off the... Exactly. Yeah. No, we're diving deep, diving deep. Yeah. Yeah. And do, do they fill out like some kind of a, a questionnaire form before they come in? Or this is something that they just sit down, you say, hey, how's it going? Yeah, they write down their questions and that could be in any form. It doesn't matter. And then I get to know a little bit about them, their life story. And then we go into the questions and usually through the conversation of their life story, I, I will have picked out, you know, the 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 backside you know the backstory of the the question but if not then we'll go through every question and it could be 10 to 15 questions in a in a qh but each question is really think about it i, I tell people think about it as like a, a conversation starter right you know it's not really it's not like question answer question answer it's just a conversation topic that we're then going to just completely explore with the higher self Interesting. Yeah, because that makes sense because you wouldn't think that a two and a half hour session would be just 15 questions. Yes, no, thank you. You know, right. no, we're going to go deep dive into all of them. Yeah, all the nooks and crannies for that topic. Yeah. Yeah. And then invariably across questions, you begin to see themes that right. roll through all of the questions like this woman, you know, multiple relationships, multiple life decisions, multiple physical experiences, all related to the life lesson of forgiveness. Right. Do you feel like people, there are some people who have the ability to be able to like, get that information? Like, like, do you have people who come to you more for a validation than sometimes. an exploration? Sometimes, sometimes. And sometimes like this other woman I was just talking about who this other psychic had told her about all these past lives. Sometimes the validation doesn't come. It's like, nope, that's not why that happened. It happened because of this other thing. And it's like, oh, well, let's explore that. Yeah. Well, then it's almost like truth finding session. But then again, that turns it back from somebody else's story. Yes. Yes. Or and then the other thing too, Sue, and I think this is part of why Dolores said one and done. So imagine this. So, so, so we talked about the spectrum. Some people are aware. Some people aren't. If you're someone that is more aware after the hypnosis, you've had this visceral physical experience of having the higher self speak to you through you. It's a freaky, it's a freaky experience. You know, you're channeling your soul, right? You're channeling your own soul. So after a QHHT session, you know what it feels like to channel, right? And now, you know, after the session, now you know what that voice is. 
you know who that voice is. You have, it's it like, it's like it opens up that um, ability to then have that connection after the session. And so you don't need me in the room. Just go talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> Uh, okay, so it's almost like it can crack open a relationship or, or form a bond. Yes, and the ability to then comprehend that that information is coming from higher self because now you remember what it felt like to have that information coming to you and through you, but not from you. Right. Now, in this same kind of area, have you, have you ever done like external channeling before where you, where you like that? Some, some people through the QHHT process, I've had a few clients who were able to then, it opened up their capacity to channel others. And one that I've been working with and still working with um, is a client, her name is Laura Di Piazza, and through her QHHT session, she became she began spontaneously channeling a group called the Council of Twelve. Okay. And so now she's she's off doing that. She has a her own YouTube channel. It's called the Expansion Project, and she's doing channeling events with the Council of Twelve. Um, and she's now she can spontaneously channel them. Okay. So yeah, that happens. That happens. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just wondering kind of out of curiosity, because I think you mentioned that you had a session yourself. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. if the channeling of the soul of your own soul feels like that meditative state that you get into when you're working with other people, like it's, it's freakier. I mean, it's really, cause I'm one of those people okay. on the spectrum where I'm, I'm aware. I'm not okay. hyper aware, but I'm pretty aware uh-huh. during hypnosis. That's my normal. And, and it, I just got to tell you, I mean, your mouth is moving and words are coming out and you don't have the slightest clue of where it's coming from. Like, what, why did I just say that? What, you know, cause there's no thought process and yet words are coming out. It's, right. it's a freaky experience. Oh, I think I'm all like, sign me up. (laughs) Yeah. And speaking of which, like, how can people book a session with you? What, what's like the expectation? Do they need to travel there or can you do it on Zoom or Skype? It, Dolores Cannon's technique, pure to her quantum healing hypnosis technique is only done in person. Okay. Now, like I said, there are practitioners all over the world qhhtofficial.com qhhtofficial.com and find a practitioner and anybody listening anywhere in the world I guarantee you there's a practitioner near you Um, there's over 3,000 practitioners listed there now they're most level mostly level ones and level twos like I said there's only a handful of of there are 30 of us that are level threes and I'm in Durango, Colorado, and my website is awarecaredurango.com, A-W-A-R-E-C-A-R-E-D-U-R-A-N-G-O.com. And that's where you'd go to book a session with me. And, but you have to come to Durango, Colorado. <laughs> okay. And this will all be in the show notes. So anybody who's listening to this after, or once we, um, 
publish our conversation, then I will have everything in the show notes and linked in so that you can find Holly so that you can book a session with her. And also if that's not convenient for you to go to Colorado, then I'll have the qhhtofficial.com website. And your book is coming out, right? Yeah, it's out. It's out. Finding Purpose, Surprising Wisdom from the Higher Self. And that's on Amazon and Kindle and Audible and all the Barnes and Noble and all of the outlets. So yeah, and that's the compilation of over 400 sessions and the answers to what is my life purpose? What is my life lesson? And how do I commune with the higher self? So while you're waiting for your QHHT session, you can read the book and, and get at least a hint of what those the answers to those questions might be for you. Wonderful. I'm looking forward to reading your book and seeing, you know, kind of what information I can glean from it. And you've really opened up, you know, how sometimes the synchronicity synchronistically happens where you're just Mm -hmm. like, Ooh, this is interesting. Mm -hmm. Now, did you do that artwork in the background or did you have it? No, this is, I had it commissioned. Yeah. Okay. It's beautiful. Wonderful artist. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, She's amazing. Yeah. And is there any like last thought that you'd like to leave people with from this conversation? Well, I think it's important. You alluded to it. Um, but if no one's familiar with Dolores Cannon, highly recommend you find out about her. Um, I think she has the, her YouTube channel has over 300,000 subscribers. She, like I said, she's written 20 books. Um, one of the most important books I think of hers right now is called Three Waves of Volunteers and the New Earth. And so if people aren't familiar with Dolores, I would highly recommend Dolores Cannon's Three Waves of Volunteers and the New Earth. And it's all about the earth shifts that are going on right now and the the research that she did about that um, in her hypnosis work. I I think that's something that, yeah, I'm probably going to pick that up now to see, you know, because it, it is an important time in history. And a lot of us feel like we, uh, what's the word, not spawned, <laughs> we incarnated during this time to yeah. help with this shift. And, but a lot of us are just like, well, how, you know, I feel right. so powerless in this. And so really coming to this place and even through us meeting here and, you know, all just the synchronicities that happen and the different timelines merging and converging from there. It's it's kind of fascinating stuff. Yeah. I really appreciate you taking the time out today, Holly, to talk. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm all like, I love learning about new stuff and talking to new people. So, and, and really getting this affirmation I mean this is probably something that I needed right now in in some level in my soul and just you know Mm -hmm. kind of knowing that you reached out to me and that our conversation was something that both of us needed so (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. okay and in and in divine timing (laughs) exactly exactly it's like I said when we both need it and, and it comes up and yeah so I'm going to pick up your book. I'm going to pick up this Dolores book. I think my (laughs) is going to be (laughs) like going on for a while, but yeah. Thank you, Holly, for your insight and your 
you know, the way that you explained everything to us was really easy to comprehend and also to connect with. So I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity, Sue. Oh, you're welcome, Holly. And everybody, if you'd like to get a hold of Holly Duckworth, you can find her on her website. That's Aware Care Durango. That's A W A R E C A R E D U R A N G O.com. And you can read more about Holly, her experiences, her work, and also book sessions with her from there. So, and you can find Holly's book, which again is Finding Purpose. That's the short. Mm -hmm. version of the title <laughs> on Amazon, Kindle, Audible, Barnes and Noble, and all of the places that you would normally buy a book. So everybody, if you are as interested and fascinated by this topic as me, go out, get the books, learn a little bit, and then go see Holly for a session or one of the other QHHT hypnosis practitioners who are available online. So take care, everybody. Have fun. Talk to you soon.